Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Children of God, praise the Lord. Emmanuel. Emmanuel. I greet you all in the name of the Lord. The Bible says that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are saved. You are welcome to the arena of liberty. Good morning, church. Good morning, church. Shall we put our hands together and clap for the Lord again? You may be seated. Salvation and all of God's blessings are promised in the word of God to his children. The man who receives them is the man who believes them in his heart and confesses them with his mouth. We are here because we have seen the name of Jesus walking. We have seen the anointing and power of God pulling down strongholds. Satan and his agents have been broken and disconnected. So we can boldly say we know where we belong. We can say we know where we belong. We have seen the sick healed, the hopeless hopeful, and the dejected being restored. So we can say thank you to Jesus. We can say thank you to Jesus again, again, and again. Here we are again. We believe, O oh Lord, in your word there is salvation. In your word there is healing. In your word there is deliverance. All that you can ever desire to live our life for you. Father, let us receive them today in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Let us receive them today in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. God loves us just as he does to any of his children. He loves you just as he does to any of his prophets, apostles, great men and women of God we can talk about today. And his love is unconditional. God's love is unconditional, unmerited, undeserved love. The Bible said that he loves you, that he gave you his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him shall have eternal life. He loves you. He gave you that whosoever believes in him shall have internal life. Imagine if there's a big loss in the believing. Oh, it is only by might and power that we can believe and be saved. It is only by status and position that we can believe and be saved. Where will you and I be? What will be our lot? But we serve a faithful God. Let someone say, I serve a faithful God. I serve a holy God. I serve a just God. Who gives to all accordingly? 
And so we all can believe. We can believe and be saved without any cost. I have heard people argued, oh, God does not need anything from us. God does not want anything from us. And I quite agree. God does not need anything from you because you have nothing to give. All you could have possibly give to him is all you received from his generous hand. So what do you have to give to God? Your love, if you claim to have one. The Bible says a man's love is a shadow of God's love. He first loves you. What do you have to give God? Your peace, if you have any. He says the peace I give to you is not as the world gives. It is the peace that passes all understanding. It's not the one we manufacture. You know we can create peace, even if, if, even if it's not there. That is not the kind of peace God is talking about. Many will tell you, if life gives you lemon, you turn it to lemonade. Mm. That is not the kind of peace we are talking about. It is the one that flows from within. You cannot comprehend it. Those are the kind of peace God gives. What again do you have to give to God? Your money. He's so rich. God is so wealthy that the lilies of the field are clothed with splendor. The birds of the field, they feed without sowing and gathering. So what else do you have to give to God? What does God really need from you and I that is so mindful of us? That is so keys about you. The psalmist says in the book of Psalm 8, verses 3 to 5, it says, when I consider your heavens, the works of your hands, the moons, the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you care for him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels, the heavenly beings, and you have crowned him with the crown of life, glory, and honor. Who is the Bible referring to? You. It is you. God loves you that he cares for you. He crowns you with a crown of glory and honor. What do you have to give to God? The whole duty of a man is to love and obey God. Giving oneself up to the will and glory of God to the point where he will say those words senseless anxiety that robs your happiness and makes your heart sick are not important anymore. But learning to cast all at the feet of Jesus Christ. He who desires that you bring your body, your worries to him and submit it to him entirely, completely. He said, cast your body on me for I care. to give up to the will and glory of God to the point where you will say all I have all I am is of God and that is what counts selfless service we are free from self-pity self-righteousness self-righteousness we 
are free from self-centeredness and prideful nature. Only then you can become a tool of usefulness for God. Then you can become an ambassador, a representative of God. Knowing that the way of obedience is the way of victory. The way of obedience is the way of joy, peace, and harmony with God. The unwillingness, inability to give ourselves up to the will and glory of God lies in fears. And that's the more deceptive enemy than Satan. For fear changes focus. Weakens determination and willpower to do the needful. And many have surrendered to that threat. Do not let it happen to you. Don't let it happen to you. The Bible in the book of Isaiah 43 verse 1 and 2 says, that is the word of God to you. His children who are fighting on the outside by within his fear. It says, he who made you, he who created you, do not fear. For I have redeemed you, I have summoned you all by name. You are mine. God said he knows you. He knows you by name. So when you pass through the waters, he said, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, he said, they will not sweep you over. When you walk past through fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not consume you. What are your fears, child of God? What are you really afraid of? The Bible asks, how many of us, by being worried, can add a cubit to our lifespan? No, that is the answer. So what are your fears? Obeying God at first seems difficult until you come to realize that all he asks for you is for your good and that makes life free and full. Knowing Jesus Christ is not about seeing his work. Oh, Jesus is the healer. I have seen those healed. Oh, he is the redeemer. I have seen those redeemed. It's not only seeing his work but learning his ways. Obedience requires us to be dead to our old nature that boasts in himself what he can do, his ability, and not the finished work of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Many try to run away from their God-given duties today by only running away from destiny. They try to run away from their God-given duties assignment but they are only running away from destiny not knowing that they cannot outrun God but only prolonging the evil days if only there is a second chance because not everybody has the opportunity to talk about the cause of disobedience in their life the opening of your eye of faith will be the silencing of your fears your ability to see clearly will help you to know, to see beyond the present and expose deception. Anger, bitterness, strife, 
jealousy. These are the baits of Jesus, Satan. They are baits of Satan. The deception is using to attack today. That is the deception is using to attack today. And so for you to be able to see clearly, you must stop holding offense. As to free yourself from the captivity of Satan and prisoner of his will. And this will bring us to our message today. Learning obedience. Let someone say, learning obedience. Say to your neighbor, learning obedience. I can hear you clearly. Learning obedience. And our proof test shall be taken from the Bible, the epistle of Ephesians. Ephesians 4. From verse 29 to the end. And I read. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. I do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgive you. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as in Christ God forgives you. of God is learning our challenges. The deep things of God is learned in our situations, our difficult moments. The Bible in the book of Hebrews 5 verse 8 says that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, though a son of God, learned obedience from what he suffered. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, though he was a son, or he is the son of God, learned obedience from what he suffered. And so where do you want to learn yours? You, his followers. Where do you want to learn your own obedience? In every stage of life, everything needs to grow positively. Everything needs to grow positively. And just as physical growth is a function of maturing, function of time, stage to stage, baby to adult. So also intellectual growth is a function of learning. Process. Degree to degree. Our spiritual growth is a function of obedience. Pride cannot travel this path but humility. Because pride has 
gladdens our hearts and beclouds our eyes of understanding. Pride hardens your heart and beclouds your eyes of understanding. Cloud will never, pride will never allow you to let go. It will never allow you to let go. And of course, keep you from dealing with the truth. In our spiritual walk with God, there are good times and hard times alike. Mountains and valleys. Difficult moments. But our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ advised us. He said, as you walk through these valleys, you climb these mountains, do not focus your attention on them and be distracted. There are places to walk through, not places to stay. Don't focus your attention on them and get distracted. And so to withstand hard time, stand with God. When you have trouble, challenges, trials, count it all joy if you have faith. What time are you? What is that moment before you now? Resist the devil and you will flee. Resist the devil and he will flee. You have to resist him by refusing to be offended by what you see, what you hear, and what the situation at hand suggests. No hope. No future. I want to let you know that no one is hopeless whose hope is in God. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ said, I do not come for the righteous, but the unrighteous. And that is why our knowledge is from him. He says in the world you have persecutions. In the world you encounter trials. In the world you encounter all sorts of things. But be of good cheer for I have overcome. Christ did not overcome by the word of mouth. I have overcome. Let you overcome through obedience to his father. He overcome through obedience to his father. Our Christian character grows through obedience to the word of God. And on how we deal with situations, circumstances we confront daily. In the book of Galatians 6 verse 1. We are asked to take care of ourselves in a special way. We are asked to take care of ourselves in a special way. He says, if any one of you is caught in the act of sin, you who is spiritual, you who is righteous, should instruct him gently. And what does that mean to you? Christ wants us to lovingly and gently tolerate each other, then allowing him to do the work of internal correction. So the book of 2 Timothy 2 verses 25 and 26 says, those who oppose him, those who oppose who? Those who oppose you, you must gently instruct with the hope that God will grant them internal repentance leading to the knowledge of the truth. So that when they come to their senses, 
They will escape from the trap of devil who has held them in captive to do his will. But today, many of us do not allow this to happen. We don't allow this to happen in our lives because we cannot face our own weaknesses. We cannot face our own pride, rebellious spirit. If you must fit into God's divine arrangement, if we must face, fit into God's divine arrangement, something must be done. You need to change your thinking. Say to someone, if you must fit into God's divine arrangement, if you must fit into God's divine arrangement, you need to change your thinking. You need to change your way of life. You need to change your utterances. What you give your attention to. And that includes your attitude to others. That includes your attitude to others. In the book of John 8 verses 3 to 11. Something great happens. When that woman was caught in the act of adultery, everyone around her wants her head. Yes, they want her head. She has committed the unpardonable sin. And so she must pay. And so they began to rant before the Savior. And they looked at them and said, If none of you never committed the offense you are charging this woman of. Let him first do what? Cast the stone on her. And they look at themselves. From the eldest to the youngest, they began to leave the scene. One after the other, they all left. Leaving the woman with the savior. And so, he looked at the woman and said, Where are your accusers? Said they have gone. Has no one condemned you yet? She said, no. Said, I do not condemn you either. Let go and sin no more. God of second chance. God of second chance. She was left alone with his savior. She was left alone with the savior. My dear brethren, Our God is good. Our word is good. If we must fit into God's divine arrangement, we must change our ways of life. What are those things we do? Deleting others. Criticizing. Making jokes at other expense. And refusing to admit a wrong. All these kind of behaviors weakens relationship and hinders the healing of the past wound. It hinders the healing of past wound. I want us to look at the Bible of, in the book of Jonah. Open with me to the book of Jonah. Jonah 1 
verses 3 and from verses 9 to 12. And I read. But Jonah ran away from God and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship born for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and stayed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose, and the ship threatened to break up. Verse 9. He answered, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. This terrified them, and they asked, What have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord, because he had already told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher, so they asked him, what should we do to you to make this thing calm down for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I knew that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Amen. 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 As children of God, it is good for us to be matured in Christ. It is very good for us to be matured in Christ. Because a matured Christian are least likely to follow the lead of the Holy Spirit. They are least likely to follow the lead of the Holy Spirit. It does not mean or matter how long you've been in the service of the Lord. How long you have been converted. Obedience to the word of God is the key to our spiritual maturity. When we act, or when we like to act upon the word of God, more responsibility will be given to us. More responsibility will be given to you. Is it possible for us to leave this out without having the opportunity to be offended? No. Lord and Savior Jesus Christ said, in the world you will have humiliation, embarrassment, insult, but be of good cheer. I have overcome. What a peace. What a peace to know that. You see, the plan of God for your life will cause you to face hurt and attitude. God's plan for your life we cause you to face hurt and attitude. His plan for you to succeed. His plan for you to live, move, and have your being in Him. And what do I mean by that? What do I mean by hurt and attitude? You know, when someone walks up to you and look at you in such a wonderful way, and you begin to wonder, where have I gone wrong? It is the plan of God in your life that causes that. It is the Satan in them that causes them to act in that way. Hold them in bondage to act that way. And so, my brethren, I repeat again, if we must fit into God's divine arrangement for our life, we need to get rid of hurt, bitterness, anger, Resentment, strife. You see, many of us are like that man, Jonah. 
We are like him. We are fighting on the outside, but within his fear. We are fighting for God, but in the other hand, fighting God. Because we want to put God in a kind of compartment and view him from a tiny hole. Instruct him on what to do, how to act, whom to forgive, and whom not to bless. He said, as the heaven is higher than the earth, so are my thoughts higher than yours. If we must fit into God's divine arrangement, we must get rid of hurt, bitterness, anger. And learning to keep our relationship under repair. You must learn to keep your relationship under repair. Because if you fail to do so, the consequences are backsliding. The consequences are broken relationship. And finally, separation. So my brethren, for us to get rid of anxiety and worries, we must learn to cast all at the feet of Jesus Christ. to cast all at the feet of Jesus Christ because worry is changing nothing. Worrying does not change anything. It only divides your attention between useful thinking and hurtful thinking. Saps your energy and elevate your human strength above God. And all this comes as a result of lack of understanding. of understanding to your life you must realize at any time that we are called differently with unique assignments no one is like you and no one will ever be like you no one is like you and no one will ever be like you want to learn like Jonah. Even as he was busy in that book of Jonah 4 verses 1 to 12, he was busy complaining of God's faithfulness, God's compassion to those he felt do not deserve it. That is him. Oh, these people do not deserve the, the compassion of God. No, I am angry. Why must it be so? God was constantly reminding him, asking him, do you have any right to be angry? Jonah, do you have anything to, any, any right to be angry? Even though great things have happened in his life, in that difficult moment, something good has happened in his life. The Bible said that God grew up a vine at night he doesn't know how it happens to give him comfort to shelter him and he was still complaining God the provider sent worm to eat up to chew up the vine he was angry why is this happening then God said 
catching some blaze on him for him to learn obedience. We don't want to learn in, in, in Jonah's way. We don't want to learn in a hard way. The way of obedience is the way of victory. It is the way of joy. Way of harmony with God. I want to remind you that children of Israel they have watched God divide the rest for them to walk across to the promised land. But they don't believe that he can provide water for them in the desert. You have seen him do miraculous things in your life and the life of others today. It may be little. It may be very small to you. But he who does the smaller one will probably do greater ones. If you walk in obedience with him. If you walk in obedience with God, those matters you think are unsolved to be solved. Your way that you think is closed to be open. You will walk in strength and power. And so, my brethren, in the place of anxious thoughts, open your heart with thanksgiving to God, with faith, trusting Him as all sufficient, all loving, all powerful God. Who is able to hold you by his side at all time? Who has crowned you with the crown of life and glory for his purpose? Warren suggests that we cannot trust God to fulfill his promises in our lives. And today, that must be a thing of the past. As you walk in life with God, as you move in direction with him, as you follow his instructions and living in obedience with his words. I pray that God Almighty will let this word to grow, to multiply, so that you can live by it as you live the rest of your life for him. I live you in faith. And I pray to meet you in faith.